Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church, North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Exodus chapter 25, let's read the first nine verses, and then I got more to read to you. Like I said, we've got a lot of Bible reading, uh, but we're going to bring it all together, all necessary, all required, and uh, let's dive here. The Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. Now, these are the offerings you are to receive from them, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ramskins, dyed, red, and another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastplate. Then have them make a sanctuary for me. Somebody say sanctuary. Have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. Now let's jump. Exodus chapter 35, verses 4 through 5, 10 chapters later. In the first passage that we read, God is speaking to Moses. He says, Moses, go tell the people. Now Moses is telling the people. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have... Take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing to bring the offering, to bring to the Lord an offering. Verse 20 through 25, going to jump forward. Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence. And everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its service and for the sacred garments. Now last passage here, verse 29. And it goes as follows. All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord free will offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. For the next few moments, I'm going to preach to you on this thought that I have simply called, build me a sanctuary. Build me a sanctuary. So like I said, today's a special day for Lighthouse Church. I am pumped. Have you ever had um, a day where you just knew it was special? Like you're in it and you're like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Like this is going to be a good one. I'll never forget. I'm going to tell you guys a story. And uh, some of you are like, I've heard this story, Pastor. I know, but we got so many new people at the church, they haven't heard the story. So let me tell you the story about the road trip my family went on in 2020. In 2020, towards the tail end of summer, when it felt like it was safe to get out again, we went on a road trip. Like we weren't gonna mess with airplanes. We're like, let's just get in the car, let's go on a road trip. We were gonna go see a bunch of different states on the southwest corner of our great country. And so off we go to the Grand Canyon. How many of y'all love the Grand Canyon? I love the Grand Canyon. There, there is nothing that affirms the creativity of God like the Grand Canyon, right? I mean, you just go there, you're like, God is so creative. God makes beautiful things, it's beautiful. So they had a great time at the Grand Canyon. And then we were gonna go up to Horseshoe Bend. I mean, we were like on this total like, uh, you know, influencer starter kit of taking pictures. First you go to Grand Canyon, then you go to Horseshoe Bend, you know, like all the spots that my wife's like, we gotta go to these spots. So we're on our way to Horseshoe Bend and on the east part of the Grand Canyon, you can jump on, I believe it's 64, and you cut through the Indian Reservation before you go north and you get to Horseshoe Bend. That's a 90 minute drive, 90 minute drive. Easy, 
easy drive when you're on a road trip, no big deal. Now, the problem was what we didn't know and what Apple Maps did not tell us was that they shut down the 64 access road. It was, again, it was during the pandemic and, 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 and that reservation was like, y'all can't come through here, we're trying to slow the spread. So we're like, man, we didn't see this, so let's reroute. So when we plugged in, what was gonna be the reroute to get to Horseshoe Bend? It was gonna take four and a half hours, which, you know, when, at the time, you got a five, seven, and 11-year-old. You know what I mean? It's like four and a half hours. My goodness. But we went for it. We were in great spirits. It was still early on in the road trip. So there we go. It's like, let's do it. It's going to be a little bit longer, but what should have taken 90 minutes is going to take four and a half. It took more like five and a half because, you know, you stop, you get Chick-fil-A, you eat. You, all, you, do, you do all that fun stuff, right? So uh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer to Horseshoe Bend, and in that moment, that's when my, my, my wife and I knew, oh, this is getting really, really good. Because here's what happened. We were going to get there like in the middle of the day. But now, due to the detours, we were going to get to Horseshoe Bend right as the sun was setting. And, and, and that just made the pictures epic. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you girls know what I'm talking about. It's the golden hour where it makes your skin look flawless, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's the golden hour. It's going to be so good. So we go and... It's the golden hour. The sun sets. We got so many great family photos there. I think we put them on our Christmas card. It was great, you know? But, but we knew, oh, this is really good. This is a good moment. It's a good, good day. And uh, you guys know what I'm talking about now? That's what I mean. Like when you know, oh, this is good. Well, I feel like today's going to be that day. And I'm excited to share so much with you. So let's get back into the text. And I'm going to talk about some stuff for today. So in the text, here's what we read here in the text. The Bible says that God spoke to Moses and he tells Moses, I want you to go to the people. And you all are going to build me a sanctuary. Now, you get the journey with me in the way that I read my Bible because when I read my Bible, I take the scenic route and I like to stop at every little thing on the way. And so when God talks to Moses and he says, I want you to go to the people, this is the first thing you need to write down. It was the Lord who asked Moses to ask the people. It was the Lord who asked Moses to ask the people. You might read right over that, but, but let me contextualize that statement for you. God could have just spoken a tabernacle into existence. God could have just spoken and everything he needed to construct the tabernacle could have come. As a matter of fact, he could have spoken and it could have fabricated itself. Like, like he didn't need anyone's help, but he chose to partner with Israel. He doesn't need anybody's help to build his tabernacle. God will do his will here on earth one way or another. But I find here that God goes to Moses and he tells them, but I want to do it through the people. I don't have to do it this way, but I choose to do it this way. I, I, I can just speak the word and this tabernacle could form itself, but, but that's not in my heart. That, that's not what I have in my heart to do. What I have in my heart to do is to do it through the people. And you need to get that. I wrote this statement down. God involves humanity into the plans of heaven. What he is looking for in response is humanity's willingness to participate in the plans of heaven. He, he, he's not going to force you. He's not going to coerce you. He's not going to twist your arm, although some of you like, you like to have your arms twisted. I don't know why, but, but like, it's like some of you want to have your arms twisted, but, but that's not a good thing. So, so God involves humanity into the plans of heaven. And what he's looking for is that you would willingly participate with those plans. 
But, but he's looking for you. There's a key right there. To willingly participate. That, that you would say, I want to participate in heaven's plans. I want to be a part of what God is doing here on this earth. I've been reading a lot of the Old Testament. I'm in it right now. I'm in Isaiah. If you want to get depressed, read the book of Isaiah. I know that sounds sacrilegious. Why would you say that, Pastor Josh? Because I'm being real with you all. You know what I mean? Like, like there's, some Bible, there's some books in the Bible that you read that you get all fired up, right? You read the book of Acts, and you're like supercharged. You're ready to go cast out a devil, pray for someone that's blind. Like, you're just, you're in it. I read Isaiah, and I'm like, I want to go sit in a dark room and just cry. You know, it's like, goodness, what's going on? But, but my point in saying that is that when I read the book of Isaiah, I see that God will accomplish his plans here on earth with or without us. He chooses to do it with us. And he looks for your willingness. But you'll see where the people were like, nah, we're not going to do it. He's like, okay, let me raise up. <laughs> let me raise up a king from a foreign land and he's going to come take your land. And I'm going to get you to do my will. And so throughout the Old Testament, you see that like God would accomplish his will with or without them. But, but I love the fact, and I really hope you get this, and I hope you really lean in on this, that you would choose to partner with what he's doing. I really hope that you would choose to partner with what he's doing. That you would say, God, I want to be a part of what you're asking me to be a part of. So that's the first thing I know. The second thing is, he says to them, I want you to build me a sanctuary so that I may dwell in it. I want you to build me a sanctuary so that I may dwell in it. And, 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 and what that statement is saying is this. Prior to the sanctuary, God communed with Moses, and then Moses would go tell the people. Matter of fact, if you read really close in the book of Exodus, there was a time when God said to Moses, tell the people to come up the mountain and talk to me. And they were like, no, <laughs> we want to go. It's scary up there. Every time God would talk to Moses, like there'd be thunder and lightning and clouds, and it just kind of looked like Thor Ragnarok up there on the mountain. You know? It's like just wild. Wow. <laughs> so, it's my first carnal reference in the sermon. Okay, I get one. All right. So, uh, so they were just way too afraid. God said, come up to the mountain. And they're like, no, no, no. We ain't going up to the mountain. So then, so this is what God does. So that what God does, he says, build me a sanctuary so that I can dwell with you. If you're writing notes, take this down. He didn't want to just dwell among Moses, but now he wanted to dwell among his people. Did you guys catch that? He's like, in the old model, I just talked to Moses, and then Moses would go speak for me. But I don't want to do that anymore. I, I want to talk to you, Deanna, directly. I want to talk to you, Pastor Joe, directly. I don't want to go to Pastor Josh to come and tell you to do something. I want to speak to you directly. I, I, I want to dwell among you. Are you guys getting the weight of what God is saying here? First off, he's saying, I want you to participate. And I don't want you just to participate, but I want to be your personal savior. I want to be your personal Lord, I don't want to be, a, I, I, don't want to, I don't want you to have a proxy relationship with me. I want to dwell among you. I, I want to have a direct connection with you. And, and, and so this is what he says. This is what he charges them to do. This is what I believe God is saying to us today, Lighthouse Church. And uh, then he goes on and tells Moses, go tell the people. But he keeps saying this. He, he keeps saying, tell them to bring an offering willingly. Can y'all say willingly? Willingly. I love that. I grew up in the type of church where we pick up an offering and it was not willingly. 
How many of y'all grew up in the old church where they were like, well, saints, we didn't get enough to pay the electrical bill, so we ain't leaving until we receive another $400. <laughs> Anybody got some post-traumatic stress disorder from being in that type of church? And they would be like, we're not leaving until we get $1,000. Like, wow, wow, okay. But like, but here in the Old Testament, it's like, willingly. What, what God would put in your heart to do, that you would do that. What God would breathe into you to do, would you do that? Because here's what God does. God moves first, and then he says, now it's your move. I see this all throughout the Old and the New Testament, and I've been reading both. God moves first, and then he says, now what will you do in response to what I've just done? As a matter of fact, write that down if you're taking notes. He is the one who moves first, and then he asks of me, what will your response be? I love that because to, I am incapable of moving first, okay? Let me, let me say it this way. The cross, Calvary, forgiveness of sins, I could never earn God's forgiveness on my own. I could never deserve God's forgiveness through my own efforts. I could never be worthy enough to deserve God's love through my own effort. So what does God do? He sends his son who goes to a cross and he doesn't die just for me, but he dies as me. And then he says, what will your response be? Isn't that the beautiful good news of the gospel? That he, knowing that we can't do it by ourselves, says, I'll do it for you. And what will your response be? This is why at the end of many of our services, we ask who wants to receive him. Because there's nothing you can do. You walk in, you, you might be like, walking in because of your night last night. You know, it's like, and that's okay, just get here. I don't care how you come, just come. And in that moment, there's nothing you're doing to earn God's grace. But if you would freely receive God's grace, that's your response to his first move. So God always moves first. And then he says, well, what, what will your response be? Uh, I'm going to go first. What will your response be? So many times God will open up a supernatural door for you and he'll ask you, what's your response going to be? So many times God will finance the loan that they said you couldn't get and then he'll ask you, what's your response going to be? So many times God will open up a supernatural door at a career that's probably above your head and then he'll ask you, what's your response going to be? This is what God does. I've seen it time and time again where he moves first and then he says, what will your response be? And what I love about that, he doesn't ask you, how do you feel about it? Because I'm going to be honest with you, there's been so many times where God opens up a door and I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm afraid. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, you really did answer my prayer. Now I'm afraid. And God says, do it afraid. Yeah. He, he, he never says do it when you're confident. He says do it even when you feel afraid. Right. That's your response. And he'll do that. He'll open up doors for you. And you've got to walk through them feeling afraid. Yeah. I don't feel good about it. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. That's the gap between us and him. That's what's called faith. When we do it, afraid. But watch what happens. Let me fast forward to the end here. The Bible says the Israelites, they come up to him. They come to, they, they come to Moses. And Moses gives them the command. He gives them the command. And then you get to this key verse that I want you to really lean in on. Verse 20 of chapter 35. We'll get it on the screens. It says, then the whole Israelite community... Everybody say community. community. Say a little louder. Say community. community. Withdrew from Moses' presence. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you guys something. I, I kind of let the cat out of the bag earlier this week. If you follow me on social media, if you don't, you're missing out on a lot of good coffee and good laughs. So uh, it's about all you get. And pictures of my kids. Um, but, but I shared with you all that I'm in the process of writing my first book. 
excited about that. I'm so excited about that. It's actually for many of you all here. And, um, and in that book, I, I, I do a whole dive on community, the importance of community, and why we need to be involved in community, that you should not be an isolated Christian. And um, so can I read to you a pa- uh, just a, a, a short passage from my book? Because I just thought, why don't I just read to you? And then after that, you'll have to read the book. All right, so here, here's a passage from the book. Have you ever lived in a community where no one spoke to each other? People went about their days going to work or to school, and there was no real connection with anyone on the block? Now contrast that with the type of neighborhood where kids play together on the streets and the driveways, and they don't go, they don't go home until the streetlights come on. Women walk next door to borrow a cup of sugar if they run out at home. People don't just look after their kids, but they look out for the other kids on the block. This isn't just a neighborhood, but it's a community. People who share the same interests and look out for one another. This is what it means to find a community. All right, that's it right there, okay? You'll get the rest of it later, all right? But, but that's a little passage excerpt there on community. And so I love this because the Bible says they all came to Moses as a collection of individuals. But when they left, they left as a community. The Bible says, and then the community left, which means something happened in that moment where they gave themselves to a vision that was bigger than theirs. They committed themselves to do a work to help build the tabernacle because God was saying, I want to dwell among you. Now, let me pause on the Bible and let me talk about Lighthouse Church because some of you don't know our story. Many of you don't know why we're here. Some of you are like, Pastor, it's hot. Why are we doing church in the tent? What's up? Let me explain all of it to you, okay? So Lighthouse Church started in March of 2019, and we started in the city of San Marcos. Make some noise if you were part of our original launch team. When we started the church, um, we, we, we thought we'd be in San Marcos forever, but the pandemic happened. We were 50 weeks into our journey as a brand new church. Pandemic happens. School district tells us, hey, you can't meet here for church anymore. I mean, every church that was doing church in a school got shut down all across the country. And so we, we, we went into that season of, okay, we're going to try to do things differently. And uh, let's record sermons online and let's get them out. So we started recording and the, through the generosity, really, of a member of our church. And I'll always honor the fact that he opened up his warehouse and said, y'all can record services here. And it's phenomenal. Some of you, if you've never been there, you'd be surprised where we were recording. Like, you just see the videos but you'd have no idea there was a turkey running around outside, just outside that studio. Like a real, not a person, like a turkey, like a real turkey. I, I, I don't know if he's still alive. He might have been eaten later that year. But it was a, it was a great time. It was a great time. Um, but it got very difficult. So we started looking for property like crazy. Uh, one opportunity came up, didn't work. Second opportunity came up, didn't work. Third opportunity, you know, third time's a charm. You know, we thought this was it. You know, Jesus rose on the third day. We're going to build it on the third try. And uh, we had uh, signed contracts, actually. Along the way, both uh, Salah and I kind of felt a little uneasiness because we'd ask some questions and we'd get some kind of funny answers. Um, but, you know, we got all the way to the contracts and we mailed them our deposit checks, signed the contracts. And then, like, a day goes by and it's like nothing. And we're like, this is strange. And then another day comes by and I'm, like, calling our broker. I'm like, how long does it take to sign? You know, like, this, this should be easy. Those, oh, they... They, they, they want to insert a new clause into the contract. And that's when you know that the devil is a liar. You know, it's like, a new clause? We're done. Like, it's time to go. Well, the short of it is, it all fell through. And when it fell through, uh, the church, we lost probably about $10,000 in that deal. Not a huge, not a huge amount of money. That, that was us doing our due diligence, hiring lawyers and assessments, all that stuff. Where I'm going with that is, Pastor Josh got in his feelings for a bit. 
I kind of got in my feelings about that. I was all like brokenhearted. I, I was, you know, we had mocked up these renderings with our name on the building. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like when you're already picking out the carpet for your house and you haven't even closed escrow. We kind of did some of that, regrettably. You know what I mean? Like we were pumped. But uh, then we heard about this place and that they were looking for a church to come in and rent. I didn't like the idea of renting, but they said, you can rent at any time on Sunday. And I was like, well, okay, I'm, I'm all ears. Let, let's talk. So my wife and I, we came, we saw the building, and we thought to ourselves, it's a great building, but it doesn't really fit, like, the way we do church. And uh, so that's when they said to us, the elders who were leading the effort to find a church, said, well, why don't you buy the building? And my wife and I were like, what? we didn't know the building was for sale. I actually told the gentleman, uh, can I come back with our CFO and our broker? Because now we're talking something way different than renting. We came back, and it just began to materialize into a great opportunity for Lighthouse Church. So then we start negotiating. And, and, and I know our reality. I know that we have about $100,000 in the bank at the time. And, um, and, and, and so I, I make an offer based off of the money we have in the bank. I'm thinking if I can put 25% down, finance the rest, no bank's going to give us a loan. We're one years old. It's the middle of a pandemic. They're not financing churches. But I'm like just taking a step of faith, hoping that we'll get some private funding. And so I make an offer that's consistent with the amount of money we have in the bank. Uh, so I said, we offer to buy all this property here for $400,000. And guys, we live in San Diego, you know what I mean? You're not getting nothing for $400,000 in San Diego. And I'm just like, $400,000. And, and, and I think they thought I was crazy, you know? Um, and he said, well, wait, 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 you get that number. So I gave him the number. I said, listen, I can only buy what I can afford. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole other sermon for another day. We'll talk about it. One of these days, we'll talk. Some of y'all should just apply that to your life. That's your word for the day, right? Receive it. Receive it in Jesus' name. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I was like, we can only buy what we can afford. Our financing says this is what we can afford. So like, right, we'll, 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 we'll come back. I thought, dang, I killed the deal. Anyway, so they come back and they said, tell you what, we'll sell you the building for $900,000. That's already good enough right there. Like, that was like, okay. $900,000, but I kind of wasn't done negotiating because I used to negotiate as part of my previous job. So I came back and I told the team, and we were kind of giddy because we're like, that's crazy. Because the building had just, uh, the building had previously appraised for $1.8 million in 2018. And y'all know what happened in 2020 with, with property values, right? They were up. So I'm thinking the building's probably worth over 200, over 2 million, over 2 million. And, and we're at 900. I'm feeling really good, but I want to take another run at it. So I said, hey, you know, we're going to buy it. We'll, we'll buy it for $750,000. Sign the dotted line. We got a deal. You know, I'm just like going for it. And he's like, what? why? He was, at that point, I think he was a little annoyed with me. He's like, we were done negotiating. But, and then I said, well, here's the deal. If you say yes to 750, by the time I pay not just the balance on the loan, but the interest on the loan, because y'all know that amortization is also the devil. So we, it's like, like by the time... We amortize, amortize that loan, it's going to be $900,000. So we're at your number. You know, I'm getting real slick with it, you know. And, uh, and he's like, we didn't think about interest. Let, let me go back and talk to the team. So then he comes back. At Lighthouse Church, if you've never heard the story, this is the miracle that God does, okay? So he comes back to me. He says, okay, Pastor, here's what we're going to do. We will finance the loan for you. All $900,000, we will finance the deal for you. And I'm already like, this is getting so good. And then he says, and because we don't believe that interest is biblical. And I'm like, yes and amen. It's the devil. It's the antichrist. Interest is. 
He said, we're going to do the deal at 0% interest. And then, when you think it can't get any better, then he says, and, here's, and, and I'm also, we know that you're going to need some money to fix up the building, so we're not going to ask for any down payment, keep all your cash. Come on, somebody give God praise for that. You don't, you don't hear of deals like that happen. So I walk away from that thinking, no, no, let me rephrase that. I walk away from that knowing that this is a move of God. God wanted us here. God relocated us to Vista so that this would be our first home so that we could reach all of the North County. And, and listen, you know, Pastor Phil and I, we grew up in the same Pentecostal Holiness Church, and he and I were recipients of our grandfather's sacrifice. Here's what I mean. Our grandfathers built the church that we were enjoying. They got land right off, it's still there, right off of the 805, 125, Palm Avenue, National City, California, 91950. I was there for 25 years. So I mean, it's like, it's embedded. So, so there was nothing but land and our grandfathers built that church. And where I'm going with that is this. I went to the old school church where you had Sunday school in the morning from 10 to 12 and then afterwards you'd go eat in the kitchen. How many of you went to the church like that where you ate in the kitchen and all the grandmothers would be cooking and they'd cook some fire food. You know what I'm talking about? Like it was so good. It, it, it would always be like, then there'd be like one day a quarter, they'd be like, it's the men's turn to cook and we'd all go eat out because they'd be like, they'd be cooking hot dogs. And we're like, what? You, you couldn't make burritos and tacos? They're like, what? You know, and uh, so... So I remember, though, where I'm going with that is I remember seeing the grandfathers, the men who built that church, they would all sit in one section of the fellowship hall together, and there was such a bond that they had. There was a community that they were a part of. These were the men who built the church. Like, like they built that thing. And, and, and there was just this, this honor that we had towards them. And I think the reason for that, it gets me to my last point, and it's really something now that we get to step into because now we get to build the church. Come on, I want to be that grandfather eating somewhere, whether it's at Shaq's or Miko's. I don't know where, but it's like, like I, I want to be there with Joe and Pastor Phil and we're trading war stories of the church that we built. And, and I want to have that same opportunity because here's what I know. When we build the building, God builds the people. When we build the building, God builds the people. When we put our hands to work, when we start to build his church, God begins to do incredible things amongst the people. So what I want to share with you for uh, the, the, the last few moments that we have together is I want to share with you the renderings of the church. Some of you have seen this again. So many new people, you've never seen this. So I want to show you. This is what the church is going to look like when we're done. So that's the front area right there. Come on, doesn't that look so beautiful? Come on, somebody. That's going to look fire. Go to the next slide. Let's look at the inside of the church. This is what the sanctuary is going to look like inside. For those of you who are like, are we going to fit in there? No, we ain't going to fit in there. <laughs> I just state the obvious. God has continued to add to this church since we got here. And um, we last ran the numbers. We're averaging 300 people on a Sunday. Somebody give God praise for that. <laughs> Let me phrase that a little better. We are serving 300 people every Sunday. And so um, we're going to probably start with three services, maybe four, day one. Go to the next slide. We're going to have the downstairs where the kids currently occupy. That's going to be the cafe area. And I don't mean just on Sundays. I'm talking about it's going to be open every day of the week, and people can come in and get the 
best coffee in all of Vista. Because you know Pastor Josh loves his coffee. I'm like bougie with it, you know what I mean? And so, like, like it's going to be really, really good. Vista ain't ready for the coffee that's coming. They ain't ready for that. They ain't ready for that. Let me go to the next one here. Put my jokes to the side. This is the kids' facility. This is going to be the upper kids. So this building right here that you're seeing to your left and my right, that's going to be the kids' facility. And so that's gonna, that, that just shows you a conceptual of what the upstairs is going to look like. We're going to have rooms in there. We're redoing the bathrooms. It's going to look amazing. Go to the next side. We're going to see now the exterior of the children's facility. So we're gonna, it's going to look great. Those, those like poles standing up are LED bars that will light up at night. So this place is going to literally be like a lighthouse to the community because it's going to be lit up at night and shining the light. This next, next slide here. I'm, I'm really excited for this next, next, next little project here. And I'm really hoping that with your help we get there because where that embankment is, we're going to put an outdoor baptistry. Come on, somebody. We're excited about that. And uh, you guys got to specifically pray for that because it's a hard time to build a pool right now with all of the supply chain stuff that's happened, with all the 2020 impact that is still rippling through construction. Uh, more to come in that in a second. Like, you know, our team has been reaching out to vendors and we show them pictures and we're like, can y'all build this? They're like, no, can't build that. And so we've been like struggling with that, just trying to find a pool, pool company that'll build it for us. But you know, like, like, like every good Hispanic, I called my cousin. <laughs> I said, yo, Vic, can you do this? And like every good Hispanic, he told me, I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> And he told me this. He's a little unconventional. I'm like, those are the best kind. Those, those are the best kind of guys. So he says, he's a little unconventional. But, but, but I got a guy. And I'm going to come to a close now. So, so those are the pictures of the church. Come on, let's give God some praise. Doesn't it look amazing? And um, church, this is the big audacious goal. Now, uh, let me just preface this and say, it's going to take a miracle to get there. And what I mean by that is, Every month, we see the income that comes into the church, and we know that the amount of money that's required to build it the way we want to build it, and we want it to look nice, we want it to look top shelf, we want this thing to look good. It's going to take $700,000 for us to get there. It's going to take us $700,000 to get there. That's the amount of money that we need to raise over the next three months, and we're going to go for it. We're just going to believe that God is going to supernaturally provide all that we need. Now, a couple of things. You might be saying to yourself, well, Pastor Josh, that seems a little on the high side. It is on the high side. And there's a reason for that. First off, if you know construction, it never comes in on budget. So what I did is I talked to our CFO. I said, let's go high on everything. Because we know that we're dealing with supply chain shortages. There's going to be some walls that, honestly, we don't know what we're going to encounter until we open them up. We might open up a wall and find somebody back there. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> No, but, but we're going to open up some walls, and we, you know, we, we're going to have to, we got some electrical we got to do. We got, we got a lot of plumbing that we got to fix. Some of y'all wondering, like, why do these signs say not to flush any tissue? I'm getting real personal now. Because we'll break the pipes. That's how old they are. Like, we got work to do here. Like, so, so we've got some real, we've got some real challenges. So a lot of money, when you look at these pictures, you might be thinking, does it really cost that much? We gotta do a lot of work underground, behind the walls, we gotta fix this stuff. Many of you don't know this, but that, that, that facility over there would never pass 2022 code. And, and, and maybe y'all don't know this, but there's literally one toilet for men 
and one toilet for the women in the main sanctuary. That's it. Like, that's it. Could you imagine if that's all it was for us on a Sunday? So we're expanding the restrooms. We're adding all that. So we got a lot of work to do. So yes, we're priced on the high side because, we're, I, because what I don't want to do is run out of money and I told you it only costs this much and I'm like, Lighthouse, we need to raise more money. I'm not going to do that. So we decide let's just go high and let's bring in all the finances we need to do this job and let's get it done right and let's plan for some unknowns. So how are we going to get there? How are we going to get there, Pastor Josh? Oh, there's one more thing. One more thing and then I'll get to there. This also, that number also is the number that it would cost for us to subcontract everything. Which means if y'all on July 30th don't show up to help us and we have to hire at every step of the way, that's the cost. That's the cost. But I, I, I'm believing that when we have work days, the dudes are going to show up and I'm equal opportunity so the women are going to show up. And, and, and I'm just believing that we're going to be able to jump in and do a lot of this stuff so that we can tell stories like our grandfathers and say, we built that, that we built that, that it's not all, we hired someone to build that and it was fun to watch, no, but it was like, like we built that together. Like I rolled the paint on that wall. I knocked down that wall. You can tell your kid, there was a wall here. Your pops knocked it down. You know what I mean? It's like, don't ask about how your back felt the next day, but it's like, you just tell them like, I did that, you know? And so if we get help and we're gonna look for ways to reduce material costs, we can bring that number down. But it's really going to take all of us becoming a community and doing this together. And it's also going to take us financially partnering with the church. So let's talk about that. If you're wondering why didn't we receive an offering, because we're going to talk about giving right now. If you are not tithing to the church, that is the best way. That is your starting point, starting point to be a part of this project. What is tithing, Pastor Josh? We talk about it in Growth Track, but I'll talk about it here real quickly. Biblically, there is a principle that the first 10%, 10 meaning a tithe, 10% goes back to God through the local church. And so 10% of all of our income goes back to God through the local church. You might be thinking, Pastor Josh, I, I can't give up that much. I, I honestly feel like I don't know how you cannot give out that much because I've been living by this principle of tithing my entire life. And let me just say this, I have never outgiven God at every step of the way because I have been faithful to him, he has been faithful to me. Now I'm not saying I coerce him, that ain't it, that's not what I'm saying. But I find in the Bible a principle that God can do more with your 90% than what you could do with your 100%. My wife and I, when we moved up here, we decided to keep our property down in Chula Vista. First, and the housing market in November for rental was just as crazy as it was for purchase. So when we put that property up for rent within the week, I had 40 applications. It contributed to my anxiety. I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, I don't know who they are. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and so I began to pray. I said, God, like I always do, I said, God, I'm praying that you're going to give me the right tenants. There's 10% of everything that comes in through this now investment property is going right back to your church. 10% because that's the principle of the tithe that I live by. And God sent me the most amazing family because that's what God does. When you say, I'm going to build your church, he's like, I'll build your home. And you say, God, I'm going to build your kingdom. He says, I'll build your family finances. I'll do some incredible things if you trust me. So I said, God, this is what I'm going to do. He sent me the most amazing family and my wife and I couldn't be more happy and we have no stress and, and, and I know that it's 100% God. It was one of those things where I saw an application come in. I was like, 
I know that person. That person got a hold of me. Are you are you renting your house? Yeah. Did you apply? Yeah, that's me. I was like, dude, dude. You know what I'm saying? It was like, this is great. I would love to rent it to you. Um, got to run your credit first, but I would love to rent it to you. You know what I mean? So, still got to do that. You know what I mean? Still got to do that. Everything's been phenomenal. But you know what else it's going to take? So it's not just going to take, listen, if you're not tithing, I pray that you would jump on that. That's your starting point. But do you want to know what else it's going to It's going to take us in the church as a community bringing generous gifts to the church. I'm talking about God's going to put it in your heart to give 10000 25000 50000 Whatever you believe God for and whatever God has given you financially, it's going to take those type of gifts to move this forward. You might be thinking, Pastor Josh, you crazy. I am a little crazy. I have crazy faith. I believe that God's going to provide miraculously for this. And I'm praying that God's going to lay it on your heart that you would give that sort of sacrificial gift. Now, I told this story last week, but because some of you weren't here, I'm going to say it again. I got a call from a lady that was a part of my small group about a decade ago. And she calls me out of the blue and says, Pastor Josh, I know that you're in a construction project. And I don't have any money to give you, but I'm going to give you a boat. Right away, I got visions of me on Mission Bay just sailing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Praise the Lord, sister. We'll take the boat. But I knew in my heart, I said, listen, B, I don't need a boat. Thank you for your generosity. Yeah, but I want to help in some way. And then I thought to myself, okay, tell you what, B, if you're okay with this, here's what I'll do. I'll take the boat and I'll sell the boat and 100% of the money is going to go back to the church. Why? Because we need generous, extravagant gifts like that to move this project forward. Can somebody give God praise for the boat right now? I mean, that's just a random story. I haven't talked to this woman in over 10 years. As I shared with you, as I shared with you guys last week, it got better because then her husband called me. He's like, hey, we're going to mail you a $5,000 check as well for you to do whatever you want to do with, whether for the boat, for the church, whatever. I'm like, it's going back to the church because we're in a season of building right now. And it's going to take these sort of gifts. So I'm going to pray that God would move in your heart, that God would just, just, you know, give you the provision, the resources to make these sort of, not just tithing. I believe we, we, we all got to get there. If you're not there, you got to get there. And secondly, that we would bring big gifts, extravagant gifts, generous gifts to move this thing forward. And then the last thing, your pastor, you may or may not know this. We talk about this in growth. Check this why You really got to go. It took $150,000 to get this church started. And I went out there and I was fundraising and bringing in money to get this church started. I'm going to go and fundraise one more time by, by way of going to churches. There are churches that will sow into this. I'm going to be speaking to business owners. I'm going to speak to um, people that have the financial means to make significant contributions. But God might lay someone in your heart to have a conversation with about donating to this cause. So in the beginning, before we launched the church, it was just my wife and I. But God's going to put it on your heart to also join in this effort to speak to employers, coworkers, rich aunties and uncles, praise the Lord, just like, like, like whoever God would move. We're going to have some resources that we're printing. They'll be available, Lord willing, by next week that you can give to them resources that says, this is how much it's going to cost. This is what it's going to look like. Here's our flooring. Just, just everything you're going to need to help us go out there and do that. So again, Pastor Josh, I'm going to be doing it, but I'd love for some of you that uh, know somebody. God might put it in your heart. He's going to reveal someone for you to have a conversation with and that they would sow into what God is doing here. Listen to me, Lighthouse Church. We are building his church. I said we are building his church. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of what God is doing here. This is already a move of God, but he's not done yet. Look at your neighbor and tell them he's not done yet. 
He is not done yet. So I'm going to ask you, let me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this question and I'll ask you the final question. You might ask, well, Pastor Josh, like the church is going good. Let's just get this building done. And, and what's the end goal here? Because I get asked sometimes that question, like, like how far are we going with this? What's the end goal here? Here's the end goal. If you have a loved one who is far from God, raise your hand right now. If you have a loved one who is far from God. Okay. All right. So put your hands down. How many of you got a close friend that is far from God? You got a friend that's like, man, they need this. They're far from God. Okay. So the Sunday that I can get up here and nobody raise their hands to either one of those questions is the day that we've arrived. That's the day we stop. But as long as there are hands going up when we ask, do you have a loved one that is far from God? Then that means we have work to be done, Lighthouse Church. That means we're not finished, Lighthouse Church. That means God is looking for us to partner together with him, Lighthouse Church. And I want to partner with him. I want to get on his level of faith. And I want to build God's church together. And so I'm going to lead you into a time of prayer. Matter of fact, go ahead and stand on your feet. And, and here's the prayer. Here's the prayer. If you want to be a part of this, as every eye is closed and every head bowed, you're going to pray this simple prayer. God, give me the resources. God, give me the finances so that I can bless the church. Would you bless my life so that I can be a blessing? If that's you, I want you to put your hands out. Open as if you're receiving a gift. Put your hands in that position, okay? Open like you're receiving a gift. And I want you to make this your prayer right now. Just begin to tell him, God, if you bless me, I will bless the church. God, I've not been tithing, and, and, and that's my start. I can start tithing from this day forward. I'm tithing. I'm all in because I want to build your church. So, God, would you bless me so I could bless the church? Some of you start praying, God, send a big gift my way. God, send something supernatural my way. God, do something that's beyond the explanation. Just like you did for Pastor Josh, a phone call out of the blue with a boat, that's God. I want you to begin to pray, God, bless me in that way so that I can be a blessing to the church. Let me pray over you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every person right now. You see the hands, God. More importantly, you see their hearts. You see that they are praying right now, God, that you would do something supernatural in their life so that they could do something supernatural for the church. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every family. I pray over every husband, every wife, every child. I pray that in the weeks to come and in the months to come, you would supernaturally give us the resources to not just finish this building, but that you would give us the resources to take more land, to take more territory, and to enlarge your kingdom strategically in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let's we sing that song and let's have prayer. Come on, let's talk about building this church. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.